here we go, episode five of Football Chance and Rants with the Plants. We're on a roll, aren't we, Dad? We are indeed. We're on fire. We're a dad and daughter combination that talk all things football on our weekly podcast. Now, this week we have had the winter break, but there's been so many matches. We've had some League One, Championship, League Two, so all the other divisions have had lots going on. So we've got lots to talk about this week and start off with, uh, you're going to have a little rant. Yeah, so my first rant is football related, but it's about the Sunday papers. Right. Um, yeah, so it just drives me a bit mad when I buy a famous broadsheet every week and... There's usually half a dozen pages of Premier League write-ups in full detail, every player marked out of ten. And then this week, probably last week as well, when there's very few Premier League matches, all they do is exactly the same. So write-ups on Premier League matches, it gives them the chance to spend some time focusing more on the lower leagues, uh, and they choose not to do that. Just think that it's a bit ignorant, really, that they can't take their minds off the Premier League just for a couple of weeks and give a little bit more coverage to the Championship Leagues 1 and 2. Fair enough, because you love your little paper on the Sunday, don't you? I do, yeah, but I'm I'm going to stop buying it if they don't. What? Uh, don't start covering the lower leagues a bit better. Yeah, no, yeah. fair enough, especially when it's such big sheets and half that just takes up pictures of the players themselves. And especially for people that maybe don't have access to internet, because it gives a lot of information in the papers, right? Attendance? Yeah, attendance, players, I say marks them out of 10, gives some really good information, but I mean, literally, even the top championship matches... All you get is a sentence saying so-and-so beat so-and-so 2-1. And, I mean, you can just read that in the results. So, come on, Sunday papers. Fair enough. Well, mine is to do about the on-play match itself and what the players are doing. So, I've worked out, actually, this has been going on for years and years, that players, when they take a throw-in, you know how they just creep more and more forwards and forwards as they take a throw-in? Like, why can't they just take it exactly where the ball went off, where the foul took place? Those kind of examples. So on Friday night, I saw Ben Chilwell. He did it. He caught the ball, creeped further forwards. And then thankfully, the referee actually called him up on it and he ended up bringing him back to where it went off. But doesn't it annoy you when they just bring it forward and forwards and do a little hop and a skip and then they're actually three metres ahead of where the ball went off in the first place? Yeah, they're often 10 metres ahead. The referee should sort it, really. Yeah, I'm thinking that potentially the refs need to be a bit harsher because it happens probably every match where the players are just carrying the ball so far forward. So the refs need to be harsher. Or if they've got time for it, or if they've got enough uh, foam left in that spray can, why don't they go over and spray where it was? That's taken a bit far, but no, I agree it's a bit annoying. Time-wasting as well sometimes. So I'm going to have a look at the Premiership pick from the week. Again, it's been the winter break, so it's all been pretty slow at the moment in the Premiership. And like we were saying last week, I think the winter break's been a bit annoying, really. The momentum's kind of been lost, and some players don't even seem that refreshed. They just seem really lethargic. So anyway, the match that I've picked is Aston Villa against Tottenham. 2-3. It was a game that had everything, really. It had VAR, big decisions. It had a penalty, defending errors. There was a last-minute goal by Sun due to Engels' sloppy, really tired defending. And it was a big blow for Aston Villa. I definitely don't think they deserved any less than a point. Definitely deserved at least a draw from the, the match. So Villa now stays 17th. They're one point off the bottom three. Uh, Tottenham are now into fifth and they're one point behind Chelsea, who play Man United on Monday night. Maybe it was a lucky Mourinho haircut in the end. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, because you mentioned it last week. He was your Barnet of the Week or lack of Barnet of the Week. Barnet of the week. So uh, you said it was going to be lucky and it turns out that was very lucky. And then Sunday night, Arsenal 4, Newcastle nil. The first half was really slow to get going, but in the second half, 
Arsenal found their form and uh, they've got their goal-scoring boots on. Their goals from Aubameyang, Pepe, Ozil and Lacazette. So four different goal scorers. And that's just Arsenal's seventh Premier League victory of the season. And that moves them now up to 10th place in the top half of the table. And there's six points behind Tottenham. Now, obviously, Steve Bruce's five men at the back in defence didn't quite work. That big result for Arsenal. And then the other match that I was going to briefly mention was uh, Norwich against Liverpool. Just classic Liverpool, really, this whole season. They've not always had to perform the best to get the three points. But yet again, 1-0, Mane winner. They're just securing their lead even more so. Norwich give it a good goal, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They actually did really well, I thought. Again, like Aston Villa, two teams that are at the bottom, towards the bottom end of the table. Obviously, Norwich are at the bottom. When you watch them play, you don't necessarily think they're meant to be down there or deserve to be down there by week. It depends for each of those teams. They've just not had that consistency and probably the defence. Definitely. Well, championship highlights. So my picks of the week this week, I've got two. Fulham nil, Barnsley three. So Fulham pushing for promotion. They've had some brilliant results recently, playing really well. They've been on real good form. They have. And who would have uh, who would have bet on Barnsley going there and winning three nil? Bottom of the league, two from Woodrow, one from Brown. What a brilliant Crazy. result! Crazy. That's a, that is a really good result. And the six points off safety, and Fulham still pushing for promotion, but it's done them no good really. And Barnsley. Well, maybe they could uh, maybe they could survive. It'd be uh, a real good result if they do. So, yeah, what a cracking win for Barnsley. My second one is uh, the match that we were at. Well, Charlton hey. nil, Blackburn Rovers 2. And really interesting because Charlton made a decision to sell the tickets for a fiver apiece. What a bargain. Yeah, what a bargain. So three of us, including your mum, were there for 20... Lucky mascot, mum. Lucky mascot. 15 quid. Not bad for three people, and subsequently there was a crowd of 25,000, which is tremendous for that league. 25,000, nearly a full house, and 2,000 Blackburn fans made the journey down. Really good atmosphere. That was a fantastic atmosphere. Obviously for us a great result, 2-0 up at half-time, Buckley and Adarab Bio, and stayed 2-0 at the full-time. Charlton, I don't know, a bit of a funny team, I thought they... um, at the beginning, fun- they had moments where they looked really threatening, but never really clinical, were they? Yeah, a bit loose at the back, not very creative. Yeah, just a bit lacklustre, really. And they had a fantastic win at Forest 1-0 in midweek. Maybe away from home, maybe they put the shutters up and had a breakaway goal, but certainly didn't really cause much trouble to Blackburn. And when they did, Walton, the keeper, made a couple of really good uh, saves tips over the bar so but yeah a really a really good day out good football match and good result for Blackburn who were uh, just off the playoffs getting excited and Charlton could get dragged back down into it having seen them they need to play a bit better to stay up I think but yeah interesting game Okay, then for my League One, I've gone for Accrington, Stanley against Lincoln, 4-3. It's a seven-goal thriller, which saw Sam Finley score the 95th-minute winner for Aki Stanley. And it makes three wins now on the bounce, and they're up to 14th in the table, which means they're swapping place with Lincoln. So they now haven't won in their last six matches, and they drop below Aki Stanley to 15th. So seven goals, big, big game. And then Rotherham against AFC Wimbledon, 2-2. Top of the league versus fourth from bottom before the match. And they stayed in those positions actually after the result itself got 93rd minute penalty equaliser from Apaya from Wimbledon and that's back-to-back draws for Wimbledon but they still not won in the last five matches so they're getting some points but they need to get those three points ready a big win and uh, Rotherham stay top joint on points with Coventry they've actually got a game in hand and Wickham are also pushing for automatic playoffs and they're just one point off so in League One they're definitely at the top it's all very very close at the moment there and League Two a couple of teams who are both trying to get into the playoffs Port Vale and Colchester played 
Port Vale had a cracking win, 3-0. Cullen got a couple and Conlon got one as well, which meant that Port Vale leapfrogged Colchester into sixth place. So their position, well, but Colchester still are there thereabouts. So that's going to be interesting, uh, the League 2 playoffs and promotion but definitely a good result for Port Vale yesterday. The other one, a bit random, but Stevenage, obviously Stevenage, bottom of the table, looking a bit doomed, perhaps, and they were at home to Salford. Lost 1-0, Thomas Asante got the goal. Only really just mentioned that because Salford, first year in uh, in the league, full league. Is that uh, the club owned by several Man United ex-players? That's right, yeah, and I mean, they've uh, stuck to the principles. I think they've kept a similar squad, they've kept the prices of the tickets at home, same as when they were in the National League. And just generally, Salford seemed to be um, working hard and they're now in the top half of the table. So that's the reason for managing it, really. They've got to the top half of the table and if you were a Salford fan, you'd be thinking, well, at least we're safe. That's the one thing you do want when you come out of the National League to be able to hold your own in League Two and be able to keep yourselves up there and not go straight back down. So well done, Salford. Seem to be settled as an established League Two team. So obviously there's been a lot going on in the news. Man City have been suspended from the Champions League until 2022. So this was put in place by the UEFA for serious financial fair play breaches. And City have also been fined £25 million and they could face Premier League points deduction. But it has been announced that City will appeal this. They've got 10 days to appeal and they will appeal. But if it all goes ahead, so say City, Man City do get suspended from the Champions League and have points reducted from the Premier League. As someone that obviously loves football, loves the Premier League and English football itself, I personally think it would be a real shame if Man City aren't going to be playing in the top European football. Yeah, you've got to agree with that. I mean, we've got a lot of good competitive teams who are there or thereabouts who still give our country great representation in the uh, in the cup but or in the Champions League it would be a shame so if it all goes ahead that means a lot of players and the manager have got a big decision so I thought why don't we do a game called stay or go so this is where I name just there's gonna be six managers and some players and you've got to say whether you think they're going to stay or if they go if Man City do get this whole two-year suspension from the Champions League and get deducted from uh, points in the Premier League. So, Pep Guardiola, his contract expires in 2021. He's won back-to-back Premier League titles, won two English League Cups, won an FA Cup. He's never won the Champions League. If City get this put in place, will he stay or will he go? Go. Definitely? Definitely. Oh, okay. They're interesting. You know, Champions League is something that he really wants to do, so I think I'd agree, especially as his contract's going to expire Two years is a long time not to be playing in the top European football. How about Kevin De Bruyne? He's had 15 assists, seven goals a season. He's a huge part of the team. He's been with City for five seasons. He's part of a cult, really, there. De Bruyne would go as well, I'm sure he would. He's a very versatile midfielder. and People would come in with a, a lot of money to buy him. So, yeah, I think he'd be back into Europe, not the UK. World-class footballer. Raheem Sterling. He's had links with Real Madrid in the past. Will he stay or will he go? Sterling will go as well. Um, he's Go abroad? Um, I'm not sure whether he might um, be difficult to go to United with his Liverpool background. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Premier League or maybe abroad, yeah. Sergio Aguero has been with the club since 2011. He's Man City all-time highest goal scorer. He's 32 years old, is Aguero, so he's not a spring chicken. 
Uh, yeah, I think Aguero might see his contract out. I guess he would be a good buy for uh, some teams, but I think Aguero might be a little bit might more loyal. loyal. Stay. David Silva again, he's 34 years old. A lot of people were saying that he might move on if they do have this whole two-year suspension. I think Silva would, I think he'd probably choose to stay. Uh, it's just whether whether City, he, he might go because City think it's time for him to leave I don't think he'd choose to go I think he'd I think he'd probably stay yeah and uh, what about John Stones <laughs> John Stones oh uh, I think he would stay I'm not sure not think Barcelona are calling uh, no I think he'd move in the Premier League probably I think another Premier League team had um, do you actually I think he'll stay no I think somebody like maybe one of the there's a few frail defences out there Tottenham's Arsenal's Arsenal uh, yeah fair enough so maybe one of the frail Premier League defences might grab John Stones Best from the West. Again, we're from Somerset. We look at some of the Southwest teams and see how they got on this week. And again, Lee 2, it's all about Exeter, really. Maxfield versus Exeter. It's 2 3 to Exeter. So Exeter let slip a two goal lead before Ryan Bowman scored an 86 minute winner to snatch victory at Moss Rose. Exeter have had some big midweek win as well. They won 5-1 versus Oldham. So they gained a lot of momentum. And that's back up to second on the table, joint with Swindon on 63 points. So we do mention a lot about Swindon next. They're both doing really well in League 2. And Macclesfield are only just off the foot of the table. So seven points clear of rock bottom Stevenage. So, um, I mean, two goals up against Exeter. They would um, really have been hoping to have put that one away. But that was my best from the West this week. You're going to have another rant. Yeah, so uh, this is a not a big rant, but it's just really uh, watching Premier League matches this season. Quite often you see really simple chances, headed chances that are missed by uh, well, centre-forwards, etc. Yeah. And on occasions as well, clearances and just generally heading. I just think the quality of heading is not really as good as it should be. I mean, even when I was at school, we practised heading and were coached around heading. And these professional footballers have nothing else to do. So if heading's a part of the game, as it is... Need to put more time into it. Need to put more time in and, and learn to head properly. But to have a clear-cut chance and then to shut your eyes and hope for the best and head it a mile wide, it's just it's just mad, really. I'm so, thinking of Jimenez against Leicester. He had at least a couple of really clear headers towards the end. Not his day, but he is a prolific striker. But no, I agree, I think. Would you say probably in practice and training that defenders maybe practice headering more than forwards? Yeah, quite possibly. But I think it's you know it's a, an aerial game. There's lots of aerial games. And I think the uh, whatever position you are on the pitch, even the goalkeeper, they have to come out of the box and head occasionally. So if you're not well-practiced and skilled at that, and you're getting paid a fortune to be a footballer, seems a bit daft. Also, you have to look at Ronaldo to show what it's like if you're a centre-forward that can head consistently. Not bad. Oh, he's ridiculous. He's an absolute joke. Well, my rant, seeing as you said that we went to the Charlton match, we went to the Big Smoke, we headed off to London. Look, we paid, I know it was only £5 for a ticket, and that is amazing for a football match. But this has happened a few times now we go to away matches. We end up standing up for the whole 90 minutes because the fans obviously are loving life. I'm loving life, but I don't really want to stand for 90 minutes. Were you in pain? Because my back was really sore. Yeah, I was. I mean, you stand up when you score. and That's what I think. That's enough, really, isn't it? But it's, it is a habit. I was 
watching the uh, Arsenal match this weekend and actually the home fans were standing up. Oh, crikey. And um, it's just a habit, isn't it? I mean, every stadium used to be lots of standing and I think you're right. I don't. I know mean, I'm all up for people getting into the spirit of the game. I mean, I'm 26, I shouldn't be moaning, but some people in the crowd were older than myself and... They had to stand up for 90 minutes, which I don't think is personally fair. Yeah, I can't disagree. And I'm thinking of you when I think of older. No, there was somebody <laughs> older than me. Yeah. A couple of rows behind, I'm definitely certain of that. Yeah, exactly. So maybe I thought if they're going to do that, then they need a, a masseuse on site. <laughs> yeah, that won't work. <laughs> well, that might probably get shut down there. And just put the standers to the back. Maybe just have it a bit more flexible. So if there's people that want to stand, they can go to the back. And then people like myself that have got sore backs and sore joints can have a little sit down. Well, some of the grounds do have safe standing oh, areas. do they? So okay. we should do that. They should nominate a safe standing area within the away section perhaps saying that lucky charm mum she stood the whole 90 minutes and didn't even moan there you go she got well into it putting in the miles so this week there's a couple of grounds to talk about a couple of matches to talk about the first one is league two crawley versus carlisle Actually, a bit of a dull nil-nil draw. 2,114 at Broadfield Stadium. 263 Carlisle fans went all that way to see no goals. 690-mile oh, round trip. You would be livid, wouldn't you? You would have been a bit depressed, but God bless them. What a massive journey for Carlisle. What huge commitment to their team. And I'm sure the uh, the players and the manager were absolutely chuffed that they had over 10% of the crowd was from Carlisle. Crawley mid-table, 14th. Carlisle 21st, 13 points clear the drop, so uh, probably at this stage of the season a bit of a nothing match and it that was sort of played out in the nil-nil draw, but well done Carlisle fans for making that trip. Uh, shove another one in, just sneak another one on here. Go, uh, on, go for it. Championship Hull versus Swansea Friday night. Again, a big 580-mile round trip for the uh, Swansea fans and they saw a 4-4 draw. with a 90, goals. 95th minute equaliser from Hull from Eves. 9,757 fans at the KCOM Stadium. Can't quite find the number no, of I've Swansea been fans. I directly um, messaged the uh, Twitter accounts, I'm not going to lie, and they didn't respond. Well, mind. hopefully we'll find out and we'll let you know next week. I bet Fun. there's no sitting at that match. Oh, no, no, goodness me, you want to rest after that journey. But uh, <laughs> interesting because most of the putting in the miles are uh, north, south, south, north. But this one's an east-west, so it's kind of a cross-country jaunt from Swansea to Hull for the fans there. So that was the reason for mentioning that. Barnet of the week. I don't know who you've gone for this week. Do you want to reveal all? Yeah, it's a bit, bit obvious and bit, maybe a bit unfair, but Jack Grealish. I'm, not, I'm never oh. co- never quite sure of that. Uh, it's a bit greasy. Slick back grease. I wasn't sure whether it was raining and it was wet because of the rain <laughs> or it was grease back or both, really. Seems a little bit unfair because he is a very, very skillful player. He is. England squad for me, definitely. Yeah, he's the playmaker for Aston Villa. When he's on form, they're on form. I think uh, the first half against Tottenham, the first half of the first half against Tottenham, uh, he was unstoppable. He did a great job and a, a little bit of luck that had been three or four nil up, so uh, an out of sight and they ended up losing, of course, as you said before. But Jack Grealish, yeah. Uh, so you like the shaved look at the side with quite a, uh, a greasy slicked back uh, on yes, top. It's not great, is it? I, well, I don't think it's great, <laughs> but it works. It's got for, a lot. It's got a lot of hair. Works for Jack, perhaps, but it doesn't work for me. Well, I've gone for, he's a Leicester centre-back. 
He's the big Turk. He's Soyuncay. Have you seen his hair? I've seen his hair, yeah. What about it? What, what about it? Well, having a, he's having a great season, obviously. He's replaced Harry Maguire, and I think everyone's pretty much forgotten that Harry Maguire is actually at Leicester because he's so good. And a great season, great Barney. He's got long curly locks. Storm Dennis has been blowing it around. It was, it was like it was in slow motion on Friday night. And he's not in rock in the Alice Band. I think he's just all over it and... Um, what were you saying about the Turkish barbers the other day? Well, yeah, Turkish barbers. I mean, they could get hold of his hair and give it a good sort of out. But <laughs> tend to, I mean, they, they do the, uh, put the, the flames in your ears and all that, get all that going. Oh, but um, I quite like it being long. If you went to the barbers, wouldn't they just cut it all off? Probably. Might have given him a Mourinho. Given oh, him. no. In that case, no. Oh, well, leave him alone. Yeah, well, that was my barnet of the week. So yours was? Jack Grealish. And mine was Soyun Chai, but I can't pronounce his name very well. Wants to watch for next week. Well, thankfully, there's no winter break and it's going to be back to normal and Jeff will have lots to talk about on uh, Sky Sports. So my Premier League pick for next week, Saturday, one to watch, 5.30pm. It's a big match. Leicester against Man City, third against second. Leicester really had a disappointing match against Wolves on Friday night, so they'll be wanting to just get back into their winning ways and just playing some really good football. They just seem really leggy on Friday night. And really interestingly... City did win last time they played each other 3-1 back in December and Vardy's gone six Premier League games without a goal. So I reckon if I was a betting person, I'd put money on Vardy scoring against Man City. He's drew a goal, definitely. Who's your one to watch? My one to watch. I've got two to watch, actually. Ooh, greedy. Two to watch. I've got a championship, Barnsley versus Middlesbrough. Barnsley on the back of that 3-0 win I mentioned. And Middlesbrough lost at home to Luton, who are bottom. And uh, if Barnsley can keep on that winning run, they might drag Middlesbrough back into it. So I think that's an interesting Okay, one. yeah, that would be interesting. And then Charlton Luton, mentioned Luton there. Luton had a great win at the weekend. And Charlton, as we saw yesterday, a bit mediocre. So Luton are going to be right up for it. And they'll take a big following to Charlton, I'm sure. So I think Charlton Luton, I think Charlton need to step up a bit. Uh, because Luton are going to be looking for some points there. Brilliant. So, well, like we said, the winter break is going to be over and we've got lows coming up next week. There's actually going to be some midweek Champions League matches. Now, you work very hard midweek. Are you going to be able to watch the Champions League matches? Yeah, I'll have a look. Definitely. I mean, the Champions League, especially when it's into the knockout section as it is now. Yeah, round 16. Round 16. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. And uh, again, the English teams that are in it have got a decent chance, I think. Definitely. So there's going to be no winter break. Hopefully no storms and hey, we'll be back next week. You're off to Iceland as well, aren't you? You're leaving me on my own. Off to Reykjavik. I'm not sure if there's football. I usually check international breaks to see if there's any football, but I haven't checked Reykjavik. I'm, I'm assuming it's a bit too cold for football. Yeah, definitely. You've got your salopettes all packed, haven't you? Salopettes, excess. You wouldn't be running around in shorts, I don't think. Oh, definitely not. See you then. Bye-bye.